Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Don't taste like frosted flakes. Exactly. So you're okay with this? It's like frosted fruit. Life 107.1. You know, when I was growing up, there were a couple of things that I remember my mom doing that I would say to myself, someday, I'm not going to do that. Oh. You know, I, I will am, never I will be like never that. Never be like that. You know, these things that my yeah. mom did. My mother is uber, uber practical and frugal, and nothing goes to waste. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and you would reach the bottom of a cereal box and there wasn't enough for an entire bowl, she would mix the cereals. Just go to the next one down the line and, and dump some in there. And I was like, no, this is no, this You're is not, a no. Not a fan. No, as a kid, I was like, no, this does not work. Cereals do not mix. Mm. I don't care if you just pour <laughs> milk over it and all goes to the same place, <laughs> like my, my dad used you to just say. Stir it up together. I know it goes to the same place but bef- while it's going there i want the trip to be more enjoyable and some i order. didn't want my cereals to be mixed and i thought that this was just an order of the universe well jen oh. what if i told you about a new product no, no. kellogg's has unveiled mashup cereal you have got to be kidding kellogg's me. mashups <laughs> the first one it looks like this is the only one in the line so far it's frosted flakes and fruit loops no that's flakes with rings. That's colors with brown. That is so wrong on so many levels. No, no, no. But think about the taste, Jen. It's yeah, like Fruit Loops don't taste like frosted flakes. Exactly. So you're okay with this? It's like frosted fruit. <laughs> Very important conversation right now. Well, it's about cereal. Yeah. Cereal is an important part of this morning's well, breakfast. This is a balanced breakfast, Jen. Yeah. I mean... Do you mix it or not? Because now Kellogg's is officially mixing cereals. They call them mashups. It's just mixing cereals. What do you think, Dee? I do not mix cereals, but my husband will because you can't waste it. Right. I eat mini shredded wheat, the frosted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so all of that frosting at the bottom of the bag is really too sweet and gross. But he puts it on his raisin bran as sugar. Ooh. <laughs> you two and, match perfectly. <laughs> and then um, we had some leftover fruity pebbles from the grandkids. He put that in his raisin bran. Now that's not right. No, that's not right. I'm sorry. So mostly he's just putting sweet stuff on raisin bran because raisin bran is not great by itself. Oh my goodness. Right. Right. I would say that the two of you are very yeah. blessed to have found each other. You are well matched. Perfectly complimented. <laughs> you are the frosting to his raisin bran. Oh, that should be a Hallmark card. I take my cereal experience very seriously. Well, so do I. That's why I mix them. I do not mix cereals. Riley has a truly incredible experience with cereal mixing. My dad bought a hundred boxes of Special K with berries. Oh, why? And, why? And why? There was a bond at the time where you could get send it in and get a like a thousand dollar savings bond. So my dad had to have that, and it was okay for a while. But then you started mixing the good cereals with the Special K with berries. So it started off with uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Then it moved its way on to Fruity Pebbles and Fruit Loops and literally every cereal. So we cannot handle Special K with berries anymore. And unfortunately, I agree with Jen. You cannot mix cereals at all. I want to go back to the earlier part of this story. 
So apparently Special K with berries basically said if you have enough of these like box tops or it's something, the, yes, you would get UPC a $1,000 bond. Absolutely. Man. You are kidding me. <laughs> All I got was a decoder ring. <laughs> and your dad did it. <laughs> I think he probably spent $1,000 on cereal. <laughs> I, I'm doing the math here and he's not pulling much of a profit. Sometimes he'll bring it up as a joke and give it to us for a Christmas <laughs> present. But <laughs> he, he still has from the original collection of boxes he bought? Oh, sure. Yeah. He'll, he'll save them just to with us. Yeah. Okay, what what did I miss when you could collect enough box tops and get a savings bond? What kid wants a savings bond? I mean, really, you really enjoyed the decoder ring, and that was just last year. I, I guess that is the, the prize that you put on a box of Special K with berries. I like, like Special K with berries. Uh-huh. And you would like a savings bond, too, wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess I just See? made my own point. Hey, good morning, Amy. Do you have thoughts on mixing cereals? Uh, yes, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I would have to agree with Jen. Thank you! There's really? a texture thing and a taste thing, and just it's just wrong. It's just wrong! But, have, you, have you ever tried mixed cereals? Yeah, uh, oh. we had six children in our family. Oh. We had... <laughs> Dr. Heidi... Occasionally, I deal with insomnia, mm. and it seems like 3 a.m. is the time when all of the worries and criticisms and anxieties in my life come to jump around and have a playtime in my head. So hard. And it's very difficult not to absorb those when they're going on and on and over and over and over. And then the next day can be a really hard day, the next week for that matter. Mm. It's hard because when we let our brain, and I say let, even though I know it's hard, really hard to control, but but when we kind of let ourselves indulge and repeat and go over those thoughts and those criticisms and those catastrophic worries over and over again, um, what we're actually doing is creating stronger pathways in our brain that make it easier the next time we're up in the middle of the night or the next time we're exhausted for our brains to go down that same pathway. Are you talking about like literal physical pathways in our brain? I am. Yes. Wow. Like when you're walking in the woods and you keep on walking the same way over and over, an actual path gets worn and it's kind of exactly. like it makes it easier for your brain. Like this is just the most natural way for all these thoughts to go. Exactly. It's a literal synaptic pathway in your brain. And so when we ruminate and we go over these worries and these anxieties or these criticisms of our spouse or our children or ourselves, we're creating those connections that make it more likely for us to go down those pathways again the next time we're in a similar situation. So what do we do to break that and build new pathways? Yes. First thing is to really recognize what's going on and really recognizing that there's consequences to it. It's not just something that we can get away with and it doesn't make a difference. It actually is making a difference. So we need to catch those thoughts, release them and find something else to focus on. Because if you say, just stop thinking about this really bad thing happening. Just stop thinking about it. Just stop. Th- it doesn't work. Yeah. If right? I and say, stop thinking about don't it. think about a purple elephant with Abraham Lincoln writing it. Everybody who heard this just thought about a purple a- uh, exactly. elephant with Abraham Lincoln exactly. writing it. Thanks, it doesn't Taylor. work. So instead, you have to shift him into what do you want to think about? You want to think about a pink cat with a bow on it, right? <laughs> Done. Right? Oh, there you goodness. go. Right? Would you two stop? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. It's easier to start thinking about something new that is to stop thinking about something that's really negative. And so focusing on truths from scripture, who is God? What is his character? What are his promises? What are things that we can be grateful for in our life? Focusing on gratitude um, is extremely powerful. It, it really shifts our perspective. Focusing on grace, grace for the people that we're upset with, and grace for ourselves is a, is a huge switch and creates those new positive pathways in our brain. You dream about this day, but you never really think it's actually going to come.
the day that you get to work with me? Well, that was a different one. That was a different kind of dream. <laughs> what happens? No, you know, you, you get that little fur baby. You oh, get a pet. You have three of them. And then you dream, man, someday I want this pet to be famous. What? Which one? Trapper is now famous. How old is Trapper now? Trapper is just a little over a year old. He's okay. our little black cat. Oh, he he's is not adorable. <laughs> and Trapper loves yogurt. Oh. Like Lindsay will have a little thing of yogurt in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, like the Anderson Erickson low calorie ones. Mm-hmm. And when she finishes, he let, lets Trapper lick up the rest. Aww. And he sticks his entire face inside that container. <laughs> and so he'll like pull his face out dazed and covered in yogurt. Oh, and it's so- hilarious. And so Lindsay snapped a picture one morning and sent it to me. And I look at this picture of our little black cat, adorable, covered in yogurt. And I'm like, Lindsay, you have taken this picture. So the Anderson Erickson logo is like front and center on this yogurt. Perfect. You got to send it to them because maybe they will look kindly upon us and send us some Anderson Erickson swag. (laughs) And she was like, whatever. Then she happened to look at their website they were doing a photo all call. No way. For a commercial they were making. It was meant to be. And Trapper's photo got selected. Trapper's in a commercial? There is a brand new Anderson Erickson commercial out with our cat in it. He gets like, it's like a whole bunch of pictures of people enjoying Anderson Erickson products. And he is front and center at one of the slides. That's so awesome. Very proud of our little fur baby waiting for the royalties to come in from his acting credits. But uh, we, we got to get a link up to this commercial for you. Oh, yeah. We have to get this on our Facebook page. Because it is adorable. We love them. There are little floof babies, but sometimes <laughs> they like to eat weird things. My girlfriend had a seeing eye dog that when you opened a can of peaches, he went nuts. <laughs> seeing eye dog who likes peaches. Yes. Did he want to eat the peaches or just drink the syrup? Oh, yes. He loved peaches. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. And he knew immediately when she got the can out of the cupboard that it was peaches. <laughs> just even before she opened it. Well, He knows yes. what a peaches thing sounds like. Obviously had a, yeah. a really good sense of smell. <laughs> Matt, you have a pet with strange tastes? We had a cat, a tailless manx named Gibson, and... One of the things he just loved was any time we'd have sliced cantaloupe, you know, still in the rind. Yeah. We'd give him what we call the cantaloupe bones, and he would scrape those things totally clean. Oh, my goodness. You had a tailless cat that loved cantaloupe. And then we figured it out the time my wife decided to try to dry cantaloupe in the food dryer. Did you know that dried cantaloupe tastes just like tuna? What? It does. It's amazing. It tastes just like what? tuna. Whoa. Are you sure? Uh-huh. Neither of us could eat it, but the cat just loved it. <laughs> so I have a beagle. Mm-hmm. His name is Bagel. And he is one of the lights of my life. And usually a beagle is like, you could throw anything at that dog. and like they, a goat. They, it, it doesn't even have to be edible. They, they will chew it and swallow it. Nope. Nope. He's weird. I have a weird beagle, and he's a diva, and he's picky. He doesn't like some foods. I can throw some kind of meat, some kind of meat on the floor, and he'll be just like, eh. He's not interested. But there's this one thing that I eat, and if I make the mistake of eating anything like this anywhere where he can get onto my lap, I will pay the price. Because he goes nuts over this. Just nuts. He 
pants. He whines. He scrapes. He's, he is begs. His food. He wants this food because he's so weird. What's the food? Red sauce. Pasta sauce, spaghetti sauce. Really? And he he loves it. I don't care if it's got meat, mushrooms. He just wants the red sauce. You ever think about just like pouring some of that into his water dish and see what happens? No, no, because he would make a mess. It feels like you just can't get away from the ick. That's what I said to Lindsay yesterday when it was just like one thing after another that's just... I got to be honest, my heart has been heavy and my emotions have been drained the last few weeks. We joke about 2020, but it's been very hard. And some of the subjects are very hard. And some of the subjects we don't need to talk about, we need to learn about. And uh, we've been so blessed to have found Dr. Crawford Loritz, just mm-hmm. the wisdom he's shared. And he was talking yesterday on his Facebook page. Facebook page about different ways that we can be praying in this time. It's amazing. Uh, COVID-19 and all of the events surrounding the the tragedies that have taken place that uh, have underscored much of the racial divide and the opportunity for us to experience racial unity. And I'm praying along with you. It's been my prayer that uh, that God will speak to our hearts. COVID-19 reminding us of the brevity of life and all these upheavals has reminded us of the need for us to push into justice and racial reconciliation. And so we need to be asking God, Lord, what are you saying to us? How do we need to respond to these things? And the other thing I'm praying for is that we will not get compassion fatigue, sort of a heart exhaustion with the overexposure of tragedy and need and, and the daily count as to how many people are dying from COVID or who's in the hospital or how this is spiked again. Uh, I'm praying that my heart will stay soft and steady. My heart will stay responsive to the Lord and uh, that we will not miss any of these messages. Perspective is an amazing thing, isn't it? I mean, you can look at 2020, like me, or most of the time, and say, this has been awful. I can't wait till next year. It's been, I mean, we had, remember that there were brush fires at the beginning of it? Well, I mean, Australia was on fire. Australia, then we had the coronavirus. Now we have so much upheaval and and racial conversations. And yeah, there's been a part of me that's just like, let's just put the snooze on it. Come back in 2021, see if it's okay. But Crawford Loritz, he's a pastor in Georgia, sees it a different way. He sees that we actually have some opportunities. These are great opportunities to trust him, to press into him and to uh, experience his heart and his love and, and to ask ourselves some very hard questions. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to become? How do I need to respond? As a representative of the kingdom of God, I'm your child and I exist for the interest of the king and his kingdom. How do kingdom people respond to these issues? And I think that's the question that we all need to wrestle with, right? I, I'm wrestling with that all the time. You, you may be surprised. I mean, I'm speaking a lot right now of, uh, on some of these issues and people are asking my insights and this kind of thing. But uh, I'll let you in on a little secret here. I, I, too, need to be asking God, what does he want this old guy to do? How do I need to think differently? How do I need to respond? So these are times in which we need to press into the Lord and press into one another and to listen to what he wants us to be and to do and how he even wants us to feel about these things. You know, I have heard this since I was knee high to a grasshopper, that we are supposed to love each other, especially within the church. We are supposed to love each other, love each other, love each other. 
Wow, we get so mixed up about what that means. And it is far more difficult than just saying it. I love you. Love is is excruciatingly important in these current times because it's so different from what we see out there. And as we've heard from Dr. Crawford Loritz this morning, he was talking about why it's so important right now for believers to practice true biblical love. Love is the foundation and we approach one another with love. We relate to one another out of love. And the reason for that is uh, that we're members of the body of Christ. We're family. And so love is not optional. It's important to underscore this. Over in 1 John chapter 3, there's a high standard of love. John makes three statements about this love. Number one, that love is a command. Some of us have too much of a feelings definition of love. Now, now there's affection involved in love. In fact, that's what Paul said, love one another with brotherly affection. But in a very real sense, love is an act of obedience. It's an act of the will that I choose to love and I choose to relate to one another out of love. And secondly, love is really (laughs) evidence of my salvation. In fact, he says we know that we've passed from death to life because of our love for one another. And then thirdly, this love is based on sacrifice. He says that Jesus gave his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. Does that mean literally laying down our lives for our brother or sister in Christ? Well, it may come to that. But I think the larger message is that uh, love involves sacrifice. It involves disadvantaging myself for someone else. And if you're a parent, you know exactly what that what that means. You disadvantage your time, your your money, whatever it takes, because you love those kids. The more we demonstrate the heart and love of our Savior, the more compelling our witness will be in the world. You know, people hear about Jesus through our words, but they see Jesus through our love. So there's little kitchen mishaps mm-hmm. like When I dropped a pint of blueberries on the floor in my kitchen and my cat has been finding and playing with blueberries for the last three weeks because of it. Yeah, cat toys. That's a little kitchen mishap. Big kitchen mishaps, though, you know, I don't do them very often. But when I do, I like to do them like 110%. You kind of store up all the mishaps and then they just go nuts. And then the mishap just boils over. For real this time. So I was making spaghetti sauce, Mm -hmm. lovingly letting it warm, all of those wonderful flavors, all marinating together over the heat. And then I realized that I had forgotten to do something that needed to be done immediately. So I left the kitchen and I went to do something that needed to be done immediately, which turned into something else that needed to be done oh immediately, boy. which turned into putzing around in a different room and yeah. totally losing track of what was happening in the kitchen. And about, oh, I don't know, seven, ten minutes later, oh I realized that I have left the sauce on higher heat than it should be Oh no! in my white Kitchen, And I'm guessing you haven't covered the sauce. Nope. Oh, dear. All of a sudden, I hear, I hear it. I hear bubbling and popping noises. I am in another room. (laughs) I walk to the doorway of my kitchen, which now looks like a crime scene. Oh, no. And I'm like, well, this is going to take a while to clean up. 
It happens because it's life, and we spend a lot of time in the kitchen. And when we spend a lot of time in one place, often things go wrong. We want to hear about what happened to you and your food. In my college years, I was living at home with my mom at the time, just gotten through college for the summer, and was wanting to make a pizza. Well, we had pizza dough, but I needed to make it. So I was like looking for the flour, looking for the flour found flour, or what I thought was flour, come to find out it was powdered sugar. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, needless to say, it was the sweetest pizza I'd ever had in my life, and I will never live it down. Woo! (laughs) So, were you actually able to make a dough out of the powdered sugar? Um, It was extremely sticky, and then when I realized that it was not flour, I had already baked it, and it was, like, extremely puffy, and it just looked... So, so wrong. Oh, my goodness. At that point, you just throw some frosting on it and call it dessert. What a cake, right? It's not a pizza pie. It's a pizza cake. There you go. (laughs) Kitchen mishaps. Mm. We've all made them because we're not perfect. And we're learning. Debbie did learn a valuable lesson from a disaster. The key to when you leave oatmeal unattended after it's boiled over is that you really, 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 really want to clean it up right away because it's really hard to clean up later. Yeah. It's like concrete. It's Yeah, it's cement. It's it's quickcrete. It looks like you don't want to know what it looks like. <laughs> and it's really hard. That was the beginning of a long and distinguished career of having to clean up. Um, my cooking after that was smoke alarms and detectors going off after that. My three sons knew after that when dinner was ready. <laughs> Jen, would it make you feel better if I, too, had a kitchen mishap making spaghetti? Oh, spaghetti. What did you do? Uh, what well, did you do? I, it was time to boil the noodles. Okay. And so I put a pot on with some water and I realized, oh, you know what I got to do? I got to just run over here and get something done. It's going to take a while for this to boil anyway. Just go get something done. Okay. And like it happens, one thing turned into two things, turned into three things, and all of a sudden it clicks in my brain. Oh, man. I left the pot on. Okay. So I run back into the kitchen, and you know what I found? I had not turned on the heat yet. (laughs) It was just a regular pot of water. You found nothing. Lindsay's like, Taylor, it's taking forever for the water to boil. I was like, I know. I know I'm going to ask this question, I already know the answer to it. Okay. But I feel like I need to ask it out loud anyway. Do you ever get anxious? (laughs) Do you ever get anxious about, you know... Everything, everything, but but you know, like provision. Mm-hmm. You know, is God going to provide? Things are things are tight again. Mm-hmm. You know, recession looms and unemployment, crazy numbers, and you look at it and you think to yourself, you know, am I going to be okay? Are my kids going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? <laughs> and then, I had I had a night like that, and then I I woke up and I saw this verse on on my phone. Yeah, this is a beautiful speech that Jesus actually gives to his disciples. Uh, he says, "Don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear, for life is more important than food, and your body is is more than your clothes. Look at the ravens." They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? (laughs) Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. 
And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. He'll give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. It was the end of a long day. Mm -hmm. And I began... The winding down process, getting ready to go to bed. Oh, yeah. You know, it is a process. Oh, yeah. There's you know, several things, steps involved. Do. And I'm not going to go through all of that and tell you all the things that I do. But one of the things that I do every night before I go to bed, I walk into the bathroom. I try really hard not to look at myself in the mirror yep. because it's been a long day. Mm, don't make eye contact. But I grab the makeup wipe. And I take my makeup off mm -hmm. because you should always take your makeup off before you go to bed. Don't forget that, Taylor. So it's I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> so I take the makeup wipe and I am washing my face with the makeup wipe. And it's not coming off my face. Hmm. I'm like, what is, why am I having to scrub is, so hard? Is it the wrong, like, are they one-sided or using the back side of it or something? Are they one-sided? I love that. That's oh, so awesome. So I'm like, why is this wipe not working? This is not taking my makeup off. So I look down at the package to get upset. And I realize that what I'm using on my face is a Cottonelle flushable wipe. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not what that's for. <laughs> you mistakenly grab it and then you use it and then you realize you used it for the wrong thing. I remember the time that I grabbed the hairspray thinking that it was body spray. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember when I told you about that? Yeah. I do. And recently I thought I was using a makeup wipe to wipe the makeup off my face. And then I realized I was using a Cottonelle flushable wipe. And that's not what it's for. That's not what it's for. We want to hear about your that's not what it's for moment. When my daughter was little, we did not have like the little tools that you'd plant flowers with. You know, that little tiny shovel that you put in your hand. I the mean, it's like a trowel. Yeah, whatever yeah. that is. We didn't have it. Yeah, we didn't have it because we were not seasoned gardeners. However, we adapted just fine. She was so little that we would use a serving spoon. Oh, like that was pretty big. Yeah. Because she could dig in the flowers and it was perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, Long story shorter, we decided that with the virus, we thought, you know, let's make our backyard really pretty because we're not going anywhere. And she said, we're going to come over on Mother's Day and I'm going to plant flowers with you. And I thought, oh, it was so sweet. I ran back in the house to get something and I turned around and she had a serving spoon. From <laughs> She's 22 and she said, ready to go. And I thought, you know what? I will use a serving spoon forever. <laughs> you were certain you had the right item. You were using it for the right purpose. Sure. And then all of a sudden, oh man, that's not what that was for. That is not what that's for. I was talking to a friend who had a bunch of errands that he had to do. And so it was like this quick trip home, going to eat some food, and then go right back out, make sure we get everything done. Wow, he was a busy man. So he he's running around the house. He's got like a sandwich in one hand going around. He's got to, okay, get this chore done over here, get that chore done over there. He sees his dog is like, you know, misbehaving, so I've got to bribe him with a dog treat. And so at one point, he's got a sandwich in one hand and a dog bone in the other hand. And he hands his dog a sandwich and he takes a bite out of the dog bone. 
And that was the moment when he realized... That's not what that's for. Wrong hand. This has been the Taylor and Jen Podcast. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at Life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.